Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Tai. Dublin's hit music station F104, Louise Tai here with you until one o'clock. I'm now joined on the phone with the co-founder and director of Collective Films Dublin, Mark Logan. Hey, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. Yeah, it's a pleasure to chat here, yeah. So I suppose really quickly, tell me, how did you get into, I suppose, directing films and, and that kind of thing? Um, I suppose I'd start by saying I, I see it as a vehicle to change the world. Wow. Ultimately, yeah, you're, some of your listeners might be like, that's a real esoteric thing to say, but uh, who we are is based on a set of stories, who Ireland is, who FM 104 is, who Origins of Story of Bob is, it's all based on stories and and narratives that we tell ourselves that are enforced by society, that are enforced by media, films, art. So for me, uh, stories and the stories of the mind and the stories of history and the past and the future and the internal dialogues uh, sum up and, and essentially manifest reality. So for me, uh, stories and films are crucially important. And was it always like that for you or have you kind of come to that conclusion recently? I think it's an ever-evolving uh, concept yeah. understanding idea that is 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 unfolding uh it's not something that i think is concrete it's very malleable it moves uh, and changes with time as we're seeing in this time that we're currently in i don't know how many people would have said that this would be their reality now like uh eight months ago or six months ago so for me it's, it's like water it just flows you know it's so true. I studied film briefly for, well, actually, maybe not briefly, it was for about three years. And that's actually kind of a new concept now that I'm, that I'm here. And I think it's, it's actually a great one because it's so true. Like everything we do, no matter what it is, it's telling a story as we go. And I love that. I love that. How, that's how you take it. Yeah, just, that's just the lens, isn't it? The lens that's to look true. Through. That is true. So your current project, Origins, the Story of Hip Hop, is being screened pretty soon. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's, it's a 40-year chronology of um, essentially hip-hop music in Ireland going back to the 80s all the way up to today. Um, and it really just explores us as a nation. I actually got asked a question in an interview last week, like, why should people watch it? And I was like, well, <laughs> I think they'll just see themselves in it. You know, it's like, it's the story, it's the hero's journey. It's like the story of Pooh Cullen in the modern sense where for years it was, in the dark and frowned upon and laughed at and uh, through a lot of people's hard work, determination, self-belief and never-ending kind of love for music um, and, and this genre specifically in all its different forms, it has essentially exploded and we've we've owned ourselves and we've begun to, you know, uh, support and invest in, and love 
really grateful that for me we were given that you know massive privilege and honor and you know at the same time it was a huge task to to try and document something that started before I was even born and mm-hmm. to come to that scene and to try and to try and give the the truth and the story uh, what it deserves and so many people in this country love music they love rap they love hip hop they love culture and for me music is just really an excuse to talk about what's really going on in society music is just a backdrop through which we look at life and culture so uh, when it comes to telling a music documentary you're really documenting life and history and society but music is just what what's always playing so uh, yeah it was an immense honor and, and I'm, I'm delighted after three years that it's uh, that it's not mine anymore everyone else <laughs> can take it and enjoy it and it's exactly what you were saying earlier on where it's all storytelling we're always telling stories that's exactly what music do- does that's exactly what it is in every story or in every song there's a story and whether you take it the way they've hoped you would or taking it your own way it, that's exactly what we're getting so this is a perfect merge of two people I suppose or several people I suppose many 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 people yeah. thousands of people yeah but for me music music is special it's sacred you know it transcends mm. story music is uh, it's mystical it can do things and it, it says so much for who we are it's feeling it's, it's everything really it's very Irish music is very Irish I think <laughs> yeah we have a long history we do of, of of tradition and, and music absolutely yeah so I suppose when you were starting to do this project how did you begin to I suppose feel out how you wanted to take it well initially um, the project started actually Mango was writing mm. uh, pieces in district he was kind of writing about um, the older generation of hip hop artists who would have come before him to kind of yeah. I think it was done as a kind of an interest piece for him to kind of write, he was writing in District Magazine at the time. I think it was just online. I mm-hmm. don't know how many people were reading the articles, but like he was writing uh, about his knowledge of like the scary days and Marksman and um, you know how how his understanding of the scene. Even though he wouldn't have been even necessarily born, but he just inherited that history and has a great understanding of it. And from there, he spoke to Red Bull and um, Collective, myself uh, and District at the time went in and had a chat they had a good relationship there and we went in and we spoke to Red Bull about the potential of doing like a 10 to 15 minute piece this is back in 2017 wow. and um, gradually uh, about six months later I remember I was, you know, I was in Africa at the time and I got a call from the head of Red Bull Ireland and he said look I think we can get this uh, to a 52 minute piece do you think it's possible do you think the story is there mm. I remember I was actually over at I was in Burning Man, Africa, and I remember like taking a call in the middle of the desert. And I was like, I was like, absolutely, is there 52 minutes in this? I was like, there's probably, you know, way more, 400 minutes mm. in this if you really wanted to. There's probably four films in this, but could we, could we expand it and step into it? And I remember feeling that weight of, okay, this isn't going to be a clickbaity piece that Red Bull put out that, you know, semi addresses the like explosion or what was then the start of the explosion of the genre and us kind of like getting behind our own stuff which which essentially then meant I had to to really look at the film and, and us as collective then really double down and and had to then go back and really start digging up people from the past and start going and having there's as many pots of tea and, and roly smoked in Tullamore to get certain certain people involved in the film who when I when I approached them initially they didn't want to have anything to, to do with us they thought that other documentaries that were being made about hip-hop at the time were embarrassing because they didn't actually address 
one thing I learned as, as a director throughout this project. It's like it's all about persistence. Many people fell away from the project. Many, many people are no longer with the project who would have been around kind of at the start or had little hints of ideas. And, you know, it just took persistence. It took, like, pursuing the truth to the core and being like, this is, what is the reality? It took me having a bit of a chin on me and, and my whole team at Collective Films having a chin on us to be like, all right, kick the shit out of that edit we just sent you. Tell us what you think can be better. Tell us if you don't think it's true. And being open to hearing what comes back and then going back to the drawing board and going, right, we have to fly to London. We have to talk to Barney Cordell, you know, who signed Scary Air. We've got to talk to Steve Lindsay. We have to talk to No Sleep Noiser. We have to go on this journey and really, uh, really leave no stone unturned because you only get one chance to tell the story of our ship off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's not going to be a part two. This is it. And, and I hope we can drop the mic after this and the scene unfolds and maybe in 20, 30 years' time, there's another documentary that's made. But for now, I feel like we've really done the best we possibly can to to be fair to everybody who's been around a long time. You know, you've got people like Legal Dialects who are in the scene 10 years. They've Their style has changed and they've, you know, grown with it. And, you know, there's so many other people who've only really come out of the woodwork in the last year and a half. And I'm sure when they hear this documentary, they're like, oh, why, didn't, why wasn't I on? Why yeah. wasn't I called in to do this? Why, you know, I'm, I'm blowing up right now. I've got 50,000 Instagram followers. And then you have to remind these people that, well, actually, this has been going on for a very long time, before you were even yeah. between your mother or father's eye. Like, it's going on a long time. So to earn a place in this, you really have to be on it for a while or have massive, you know, um, reach and, and have massive influence, whether it's someone like Reggie Snow or Kojak or Blind Boy, people who who've been still grinding for a long time, but in, especially in the last year, the last two years, they've actually started to explode, you know. And I've had this conversation with so many people where hip-hop was always there, rap was always there in Ireland. We always had it, but it's only kind of recently that people are kind of properly getting behind it. Yeah, big time. I mean, I think it's, it's there's a whole host of factors, but like you can definitely see now when you look at a lineup like even Dermot Kennedy, you know, on ORNRC with Denise Chyla, mm-hmm. um, it's reaching the mainstream and, and I'm, I'm, I don't mean that from a place of like it's become mainstream but I just think more people have a desire to listen to ultimate breaks and beats and grime and they want that gritty or something they want they want to hear lyrics that are from raw and like direct that have a banging you know production behind them and I think uh, certainly here there's so many different styles like you look at someone like Strange Boy from Limerick or you look at Big Pig, or you look at Denise Chida, or God knows, and then you look at Lethal Dialect, or Merley, you know, or uh, Hazy. There's so many different styles coming from here, and all of them are interesting, all of them are authentic. And yeah. I think for a long time we told, you know, we, we replicated the US, and that was just, you know, because that's what people were listening to at the time, whereas now we're really tuning into our own, what's coming from us, and uh, we're creating something that is our own story. And I think that that authenticity like even Gemma Dunleavy who isn't even in the documentary like seeing Gemma Dunleavy's recent EP up the flat I'm just like that is so authentically like her but the artistry and the level of production is world class like it's It's amazing on a level now where you just people can't but take notice and I think especially with all that's going on with COVID and, and, and and whatnot like I hope that when we come out of this more and more promoters start to have headline Irish acts and actually start to put more emphasis on uh, booking and, and supporting like local talent first. But this is definitely going to help because it is airing on RT1 on the 3rd of September and then it will be up on redbull.com as well from the 11th, won't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll be it'll be available 
yeah, I hope a lot of people tune into the premiere on, on Thursday night. Especially. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely it's lovely to be on the national broadcaster at a prime time, something that, you know, as a as a young man I would have dreamt of and, and the fact that that's happening is great, but then people can switch over to Red Bull TV and, and get it there like a week later and um, so I'm, I'm buzzed that it's going to hopefully reach you know many 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 people and, and who knows we could potentially get it sold on to the States or, or the UK and more and more people will get to uh, experience the film which would be amazing so tell me your website for a collective cltv.film Mark thank you so much and I look forward to seeing it on Thursday nice one Chat to you soon. Bye Thank bye. you. Bye. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty.